This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I have a lovely and talented human being with me here today, and his name is Tim Wick. Hi, I am Tim Wick, and I am here. Tim, can you tell uh, the listening audience a little bit about who you are? Sure. Uh, I am Tim Wick. I'm a comedian and a musician. I perform in a whole lot of stuff, including a couple of podcasts. I do Geeks Without God, uh, which you, Mr. Scrimshaw, have been on. I have. Yeah, it was exciting. And also A Real Education, in which uh, me and another friend, Melissa Kersher, show movies to a friend of ours who's never seen any movies ever. So we're just working her through all the movies that we feel she should have seen. Awesome. Yeah, they're both yeah. great uh, great podcasts. Thank you. And you, so your obsession yes. is... Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's right. right. Specifically, the, not specifically. Indiana Jones. Exactly. Raiders of the Lost not Ark. Not Indiana Jones. I like Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones is awesome, but but I'm really just obsessed with Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay, cool. So just to kind of kick us off, could you briefly describe the plot of Raiders of the Lost Ark for anyone who hasn't seen it? Yes, briefly. Uh, Indiana <laughs> Jones. <laughs> it's really easy. Indiana Jones is an adventuring archaeologist who is tasked with getting the Ark of the Covenant before the Nazis do. This is something that he consistently and regularly fails to do. <laughs> and then the film ends. That sounds, um, that sounds like a great plot. It's just it is, like straight out of screenwriting books. It is. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a, an impressive film for the fact that the main character completely fails at his primary objective. You, you make it sound like a very depressing French film, just about <laughs> the art of it's failure. A, it sounds a very existentialist. It's, <laughs> you know, it was directed by Jean-Paul Sartre. Uh, <laughs> He's um, good at action scenes, that Jean-Paul yeah, Sartre. He, he is. He really he knows how to, how to film a truck chase. Cool. So, yeah, I was going to ask about this because I, that uh, comes up a lot. It does. The uh, idea that if you move, removed Indiana Jones from the film, everything would turn out as it does. Exactly the same. Except, and you know, I, I knew I was going to do this podcast, and I rewatched it last night. I've watched the movie easily over a hundred times. Wow. Um, and I rewatched it last night and got to thinking about the fact that the movie is not about the Ark of the Covenant. The movie is about the relationship between Indiana Jones and Marion. And if you change your point of view from thinking about whether or not Indiana Jones is actually doing anything useful in the uh, pursuit of the Ark of the Covenant and ask whether or not he's doing anything useful in the pursuit of his relationship with Marion, uh, you, you start to understand, I think, that a lot does happen so in, you, that, in that story. So you're saying that Raiders of the Lost Ark is like a romantic comedy and the business with the Ark is just some sort of... Shtick. <laughs> exactly. Like the bookstores and you've got mail or something. The, the Ark is the MacGuffin for our, our two characters to have a meet cute in a burning tavern <laughs> in, in Nepal. A meet hot. Yes. <laughs> but uh, it's not a romantic comedy. But but the thing is that Indiana Jones is, is really obsessed with the Ark. And he's ignoring the personal side of his life completely. And... We know that that's probably what happened with him and Marion. In the first. also, she was apparently underage. So uh, yeah, the, the, there's a lot uh, going on with Marion. Yeah, there, but it, but we know that that there is his obsession with these trinkets, and it reflects back on Marion's father and the Ravenwood and his obsession with trinkets 
was what got Marion in this horrible situation in Nepal. And so Indiana, at the end of the movie, when he's given the opportunity, he's got his wonderful grenade launcher and he could destroy the Ark. But what's he trying to do? He's trying to rescue Marion. He's not trying to rescue the Ark. He's given up on the Ark at that point. And all he's trying to do is rescue Marion. So do you feel like that's an alternate reading on the film, like a, an avant-garde reading on the film? Because I think most people traditionally <laughs> consider it. And I think this is a great reading. But yeah. most people consider it that the story is that he doesn't want to, he can't bring himself to destroy an artifact because he values the artifact. I think, And you're saying the artifact is Marion. I think the artifact. Well, I mean, what does he say? The, they say, surely you don't think you can escape this island. What's, what is Indiana saying? Uh, it depends on how reasonable we're all willing to be. All I want is the girl. So even if he is going to destroy the Ark, and the minute that Belloc calls his bluff, destroying the Ark isn't even worth it. Why Why bother? Belloc has basically said, I, I know you're not going to blow it up. And even if you do, then we'll just kill you and Marion and what what you, you completely failed anyway. <laughs> uh, you know, again, this movie is about Indiana Jones failing over and over and over again and just managing to stick around long enough for the Ark to do the job that it was built to do, which is kill Nazis. So it's Indiana yeah. Jones is stalling. That's his, he's just, his great yeah, heroic he's, accomplishment. Yeah, because if Indiana Jones hadn't been there, they might have gotten the Ark all the way to Berlin. So when you think about it, Indiana Jones actually killed six million Jews. <laughs> because... <laughs> What he did is stop Hitler from dying. He stopped Hitler from dying. Good job, Indiana. Yeah. Uh, but but it's because of love for Mary. It's because, okay. of, it's because so of Mary. So we'll, we'll come back to more of that kind of nitty-gritty in your bizarro <laughs> theories about <laughs> Indiana Well, you watched it as many times as I have, you got to come up with a different way to watch it every time. I, well, that's what I want. I want to hear about the like the first time you saw it. What, okay. what was the magic of it like the first time you saw it? Well, let me, um, 1981, the year that uh, Rage of the Lost arc came out my parents went on a vacation to europe now the reason this is important is because i went to stay with my grandmother in chicago uh and during that summer i watched basically no movies because i was living with my grandmother in chicago and she didn't have any money and therefore i didn't have any money and so (laughs) most of what i did was sat in uh her house and play an atari 2600 so uh, if you want to know how to play some Atari 2600 games, there are a lot of them that I'm very good at. But uh, I came back home after that summer, and my dad and my brother had seen this film, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and they said it was really, really good, and I should watch it. I was like, okay, um, I would like to. And basically <laughs> the same week, I played Dungeons & Dragons with some friends of mine. Now, if you played Dungeons & Dragons during that era... Every single nerd kid who designed a dungeon at that time designed a dungeon with a series of traps that exactly matched <laughs> right. the series of traps at the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark. So I go to play Dungeons and Dragons and I go through these traps that were designed exactly <laughs> like the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark and I had not seen the film. And they were like, well, how do you not know that you have to stay out of the light? I'm like, what? How would I know? (laughs) are you talking about? Stay out of the light. That doesn't make any – it's just a shaft of light coming in. It's just because the wall crumbled down. There's no reason for me to think this is a trap. And everybody else is like, oh, duh. Now the next thing you got to do is not step on the floor because they're going to be poison darts. I'm like, how do you know that? How how did you figure that out? You're brilliant. They're like, well, it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. So, So I heard about it. 
So you had a lot of buildup before you actually saw it. There was a lot it. of buildup before I saw it. And I went and saw it. And most of what I had the impression of was this first scene with Indiana Jones going through the traps to get the, the idol. And the really cool thing about that for a nerd kid in 1981 is that opening scene, which is absolutely brilliant. I mean, just yeah. the, the credit sequence where you're walking through this jungle and there's this dude in the front. He yeah. looks pretty badass, but you don't really know anything about him. And so the first thing you see is him taking a whip and whipping a gun out of some douchebag's <laughs> hand. And he steps into the light and it's Han fucking Solo in a, in a fedora. Yeah. But looking more badass because he's got, you know, like the, the five o'clock shadow. Yeah. And, you know, Han Solo, if Han Solo was even badasser. So you saw yeah. Han Solo in a Dungeons and Dragons movie. That, yeah. was, that was your interpretation. But then... As soon as he escapes, right, he flies off in the plane, and the next shot is Han Solo teaching an archaeology class at college. So what you immediately discover as a nerd kid is this badass Han Solo motherfucker (laughs) is a nerd just like me. It's just like the ultimate fantasy fulfillment that Indiana Jones... He's a nerd. He shows up in a tweed suit yeah, well, with, I, the, with the glasses, and he, he looks totally different. I've and that never was cool. said this before, yeah. but I mean, we're going to go on with the podcast, but okay. you've kind of told me everything I need to know about your obsession. <laughs> <laughs> so we're done. Uh, thanks yeah, that, a lot. Yeah, thanks, thanks a lot. For for, no, on, no, that's just great. That, that, that's, that's such an amazing picture of all of the different ways that it was working on young Tim yeah. Wick. That's really cool. And I just, you know, it, it all clicked in... You know, I can I can talk because I've watched the movie a lot, and I can talk about how the, the shot composition in that film is just amazing. How Spielberg uses light and shadow, uh, you know, and and the idea of light and dark, and you know, the good guys being Indiana and, and Marion and Sala, and the bad guys being the Nazis and how the monkey and the monkey, <laughs> the Nazi monkey. Uh, and it's just and the exposition scene where they're talking about why they're going to go after the Ark and how, you know, everybody should learn how to do an exposition scene that's that interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's concise and important. So I have some specific questions for okay, you. Okay, so okay. is Indiana Jones a good archaeologist? How would I know? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, not being an archaeologist myself... I would say that we don't see Indiana Jones being an archaeologist. So what do you think he's doing? Is he being an adventurer? He's, he's an adventurer who goes after stuff that archaeologists would go after if it actually existed. Um, but he goes, after, he, he goes after the cool shit. He's not. He's not. He's not interested in, in digging up dinosaur bones and putting them in field jackets and stuff like that. Uh, I no, just he love wants, that is a design, is like a job. I only go after cool shit. Uh, yeah, like, I'm a cool shit you know, archaeologist. When somebody shows up and says, "Mr. Jones, I would like you to go and help us excavate for these uh, these pottery pieces at <laughs> Mesa Verde in Colorado," I can see him saying, "No, I'm sorry, I only go after the cool shit." <laughs> Is there a legendary intact? Uh, I have a whip. Yeah, come uh, on, come on, a whip and a gun. Pottery. You don't need. You don't need a whip and a gun for pottery shards. Okay, so since you know the the film so well. And I'm sure can quote all day. Is there a line of dialogue that is like the most useful on a day to day basis that you actually think of or use yes. in your day to day life? I don't know. I'm making this up as I go. 
It's yeah. a great line. It's just, it, it's, it's Indiana Jones saying what everybody ought to realize from the beginning that we're all making it up as we go. Yeah. The, the, there, there is no grand plan to our lives and that we have to just be kind of comfortable with the fact that we have to take things as they come and, and make the best of them. And that's what that's what Indiana Jones does. He makes it up because, you know, I mean, this movie is about one dude trying to beat an army <laughs> of Nazis. Of Nazis. Yeah. He it, and a monkey. the fact the fact that he yeah, the monkey is the worst. <laughs> the fact that he continues to fail makes perfect sense. It's when you watch a movie like this where it's one guy against an army and he just has no trouble. Well, I think that's the charm and the power of it. And I mean, yeah. the James Bond films wandering quality and intent. But uh, I think what's a great thing that was really novel and new with Indiana Jones is just that I have decided I am going to do this whether I have the skill set I need in any given situation. And I, and I think that's like the the part of that quote that's really powerful there's the, I haven't decided how I'm going to do this yet, but there's also that, just that power of intent of, I'm going to but, do but this. But I'm, I'm going to find a way to make it work. I'm the gonna... only problem is I don't know how I'm, do it, yeah. I'm going to do it, but I know that I am going to do it is like really empowering. And, and there's that beautiful moment where he climbs onto the submarine and he just stands there and turns around a little bit and you can tell there's no dialogue, but he's like... Well, I'm on the submarine. How do I open now the submarine? What, <laughs> yeah. Now what do I do? And, yeah. And and they don't even bother showing you. But because by that point in the film, you've reached the point where you're like, yeah, okay. Indiana Jones makes a decision that he's going to do something, and then he does it, and he figures it out. So I don't need to know how he managed to stay undiscovered on that submarine for however much time it took to make to the secret sub base. Yeah. It it just. That's what Indiana Jones does. He figures it out. Yeah, he if found you read a way. The, if you read the novelization, it actually does explain why and how he did it. And that actually kind of cheapens it for me. Who wrote the novelization? I don't even remember. Okay, yeah. Fuck I, them. Fuck them. Some guy. <laughs> some dude. Mr. Fuck them. Mr. Some guy. Mr. Raiders of the Lost Ark adaptation guy. It wasn't Orson Scott Card. I don't know. We'll, we'll look it up <laughs> on the Googles. Yeah. So, uh, since you're a film uh, a fan of Raiders of the Lost Ark in particular, that's yeah. that's easy to understand. I think it is obviously the best of of all the films. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if the other films hadn't come along, and you Tim Wick could write the sequel to just Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm. what would you do? What would you have happen next? Well, the sequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark has got to happen. I think Indiana Jones is a World War II hero. So I think it really does help if it happens in World War II. I actually, I don't mind most of uh, Last Crusade. In fact, I like Last Crusade. Mm-hmm. And I think if I was writing a sequel, it would be pretty similar to Last Crusade. But one thing that would be different is Marion would be in it. Because to me, Indiana Jones is not James Bond. It's He's not a new girl in every film yeah. character. And that was what really bugged me about the sequels. Not so much Temple of Doom. I mean, that's a prequel. So, okay, we know that at this point in their relationship, Indiana and Marion are kind of on the outs. Yeah. Maybe Marion is still underage. I don't, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. Um, but by Last Crusade, when we end Rage of the Lost Ark, we feel like Indiana Jones and Marion are together. And to have them be apart and have it not really even be discussed... Uh, really doesn't work for me. It, right. it, it feels unnatural for the character. Now, having Jones go after another religious artifact that Hitler's going after, I think is great. I really like that. I would have liked it better if had it had been 
the government coming back to Jones and saying, well, he's going after something else. He's right. going after he's going after the Holy Grail, and we need you to get the Grail before Hitler gets the Grail. That would have been, I think, a stronger choice than Indiana Jones going after his father. I could still see, see bringing his father in and him saying, "Well, my father is the expert on the Holy Grail, right. so I need him because he knows he knows how to find the Holy Grail." Um, so I, I don't know. I would probably take. I, I'm getting very, very in depth, but I would take <laughs> a colonel of the Last Crusade. But I would, I would, I would do it differently. You continue to make it about Marion, since you that's your interpretation of I Raiders. Would, is I that would it's make, all about it, make it a little bit more, more about that relationship between Indy and Marion, and also between the between Indy and his father. Um, it's a and, little love triangle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not, you not know, with, not, not with Sean Connery and Marion. No, no, that doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah. Isn't there a creepy love triangle in? There is. There is in Last Crusade. There is a yeah. creepy love triangle between Indiana, his father, and the Nazi, uh, the lady. Nazi lady, <laughs> the, lady. <laughs> the nice Nazi lady, the nice Nazi lady, as Jerry Lewis would say. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think for a lot of people, uh, a one of their favorite scenes in Raiders of the Lost Ark is when uh, it looks as though Indy's going to have the big whip fight with the sword wielding dude, yeah. and he just shoots him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you know, obviously, it's a great, just a great joke. Yeah. Um, it's a but bait and switch. I think it's a powerful, like, sort of feeling, too, like we're talking it's about. It's also like, oh, Indiana Jones is smart enough to realize, I don't have time to deal with this shit right now, and I have a gun. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, <laughs> it's the character sort of triumphing over this sort of convention of film. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's also, to me, it's, like, really relatable because who, who wouldn't love to do that when they encounter a problem and think, I'm going to have to do all this shit, and then remember... Oh, yeah. I've got a gun. So my question is, is there something in your life or a moment in your life where you have sort of replicated that? Not in the literal shooting of a human being. <laughs> um, wow. But where you have you have approached something where you're like, shit, I'm going to have to do all this bullshit and it's going to hurt. But God. And then you're like, oh, wait a um, minute. No, I could just shoot that. The, you know, I write a lot of parody songs for my band, The Dregs, and for other stuff. And... The best, the best possible time is when you're writing a parody for a song and you discover that you don't have to change any of the words <laughs> to turn it into a parody. And so there's, there's a, a song that we do for our Christmas show called Rise Up, Shepherd, and Follow. Um, and it's a, it's a bluegrassy Christmas tune. And all you have to do is tell people, all right, I just want you to think about this as a rated X song. <laughs> And don't change a single word, you know, because the, the, the lyrics are leave your sheep and leave your lambs. Rise up, shepherd, and follow. <laughs> leave your ewes and leave your rams. <laughs> Rise up, shepherd, and follow. It's, it's right there. The song doesn't need to be changed at all. And it's like pulling out a gun and shooting the dude with a sword. All you got to do is say to people, just think of this song as a dirty song. And you don't then just sing it normal. That makes perfect sense. And it's also awesome that the moment in your life where you felt like, yeah, I did something like Indiana Jones is when I turned a religious song into sheep fucking. Exactly. Effortlessly. Without any work at all. (laughs) Nice. Indiana Uh, Jones would have done it. So here's here's a question that's uh, partially kind of historical because you're a film dude. The the we're not so different you and I sort of interaction with Indy and Block. Yeah. uh, It seems a little cliché. Because I think that's been done now a lot. Do you feel like that was fresh when Raiders Lost Ark came out? I 
Well, Raiders of the Lost Ark is derivative in the sense that it was made to be a reflection of the old movie serials. Right. And so some of that melodramatic dialogue, I feel, is there as a reflection of the movie serials. But I think it was something that wasn't familiar to an audience in 1981 very much at all. Uh, because they weren't familiar with the movie serials. They hadn't been around for a long time. Right. Um, I also think the way that that scene is done, you know, you talk about it, it's a great scene. Yeah, maybe a little melodramatic, but what do they do? The whole scene, Belloc's face is lit and in focus, and Indiana Jones' face is out of focus and in darkness. Yeah, and he's just drunk and angry. And-, and, and so Belloc is talking about how Indiana Jones is in the light and Belloc is in the darkness. And yet Belloc is the character that's lit and Jones is the one that's in the darkness. And so the shot composition reflects what Belloc is saying. And so I, to me, it feels like a completely fresh approach to that idea. Yeah. And, 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 but at the same time, yeah, it's pretty cliche. Yeah, and they are pretty different, actually. I mean, I think that's they the are. thing that, that affects me is, like, it's not like they're brothers who grew They're just like, no, we're, this, we're, we both like ladies and getting valuable stuff. Like, yeah, well, that's this is, most people. This, this, is not, this is not like, you know, one brother going off to fight for the North and one brother going off to fight for the South in the Civil War. These guys are, are pretty far apart. Yeah, I you think know, they're different Myers-Briggs test results, what? you know. Indiana Jones is a doer. And Belloc is a, I'm going to wait around until Indiana Jones does the hard work and take it. <laughs> Jones, Jones is a, I mean, they're both, they're both thieves in a sense. You know, yeah. they're both stealing sh- cool shit from other people that want it. Um, but Belloc steals it from Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he just sits around. He's like, oh, I know Indiana Jones is going after this gold idol. <laughs> and I know that nobody who has ever gone into this cave of traps has come out alive. Well, all I need to do is wait for Indiana Jones to come out alive and take it from him. They they have like a Warner Brothers cartoon relationship. Like that could have been like a great cartoon where just Belloc drinks Indiana Jones into doing difficult, painful <laughs> yes, shit. Exactly, and then just takes like the, every episode and then takes the thing. Yeah, I I in the la, in the Last Crusade, you just want Belloc to show up at the end of the movie and <laughs> take the Holy <laughs> Grail. Thanks. <laughs> Once again, we see there's something you can possess that I cannot take away. And off he goes. Nice. Um, that would be great. Nice. Uh, so since since the film got into you at a young age, were you ever into whips? Did you ever want to own a whip or learn how to operate a whip? Yes, <laughs> but I never did because I was kind of a pansy child and they scared me. Um, you know, and I knew that, that, that Harrison Ford, you know, he had that scar on his chin, which wasn't from the whip, but it could have been. And, yeah, and I actually uh, you can't see this, but I actually do have a scar on my chin in the same location as Harrison really? Ford does. How did you get it? Uh, I fell off a bicycle, <laughs> <laughs> but but it's a badge of honor that I have the Indiana Jones scar. I have Harrison a scar on my knee scar. from falling off a bicycle, so we're not that different, you and I, Tim Wick. Only take a push to make you like me a push <laughs> off a bicycle. You could be cut on the face. I could be cut on the knee, vice versa. <laughs> so Excellent. close, so close. <laughs> Fate. <laughs> so you, so, but you're you're a brave adult now. You do daring things sure, on stage. Would sure. you be like if somebody came to you and it's like, hey, free whip class? Would you go to Would you go to whip class? Yeah, that'd be awesome. I think that'd be fun. Whips are whips are cool. 
Lips are cool. I would do it. I would do it in a, in a heartbeat. Awesome. So uh, here's some other questions for you. Uh, who would win in a fight, Indiana Jones or Han Solo? Uh, Indiana Jones. Well, okay. It depends. Because <laughs> Han Solo has a blaster in Chewbacca. Right. And that is a pretty big advantage. I mean, I, I have to admit. But Indiana Jones is a little bit sneakier. I mean, you need to remember when, when Han Solo is faced with the, with the idea that he needs to sneak through the Death Star to get to the Millennium Falcon. Right. He runs down a hall screaming. <laughs> and I feel that... If it was a straight up, you know, standing on the street, two guys uh, in a quick draw match, I feel that we've already seen that Han Solo is a bit quicker on the draw. <laughs> You'd think Han so, shoots So, first. you know, Indiana Jones has got to think about it a little bit before he shoots. Uh, but I think if if they were given a large arena, that, that Han Solo wouldn't see Indiana Jones coming. Nice, nice. Yeah. I have never in my life thought of Han Solo as a spaz. But, <laughs> no, but now you're making me think of him just like kind of... He's running down the hall. Oh! It's, Harrison Ford is so charming, and, and I think through Star Wars and Indiana Jones brought a little bit more sort of realism to the macho figure, that idea of, of fallibility within being macho, yeah. that I always think of that similarity between... Han Solo and Indiana Jones, but that's that's but they're awesome. Very, they're to very think of, different characters. Yeah, I mean, one thing about Indiana Jones is he gets the shit kicked out of him. I know, I, mean, I love it. There, that that scene on the boat where Marion's Marion's trying to trying to tend to his wounds, and yeah, it's really really beautiful with the with the kiss thing where he falls asleep and all, yeah. all romantic and shit. But it's also it's really nice to see a hero with bruises and wounds on his body. I mean, the guy. Was fighting a bunch of Nazis on a truck. Yeah, of course he's going to be in a lot of pain. Well, it, it is that in that scene is the line. It's not the years. It's, it's the not mileage. The years, it's the mileage. Right. Which is an ad lib, just so you know. Really? Wow. Ad lib by Harrison. That Ford. is the most badass way to say I'm fucking old and my knees hurt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's the line I'm going to use from. Pretty much the rest of my life. Yeah, it's not yeah. the years. It's the mileage. That's great. Yeah, I remember my my father saying that a lot and like. I think you're over you and saying that, Dad. <laughs> you, but it did make him sound more badass, didn't it? A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. He was coming home from selling printing, and that's emotionally difficult. But <laughs> it's not going after <laughs> it's, it's the arc. It's not the same as yeah. going after not, the arc of the Not quite. Okay, so uh, I have another who would win in a fight. The monkey from Raiders of the Lost Ark or Curious George? <laughs> the monkey from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Well, Curious George, very curious. <laughs> but always manages to survive. The monkey from Raiders of the Lost Ark, also very curious, eats the poison dates. First try. Yeah. So I feel like the monkey from Raiders of the Lost Ark would lose by default. Yeah, because he'd like eat glue or some shit, he'd, right? He'd just, he'd, on the way into the fight, he would do something <laughs> stupid and Curious George would win by default. Although I'm not convinced Curious George would actually make it to the fight. I. <laughs> yeah, he would get distracted. Yeah, the man in the yellow hat would have to bring him. He would. Yeah, he would have to be the promoter. <laughs> the man with the yellow hat would have to bring Curious George. Curious George would show up two hours late. By then, the Nazi monkey would already be dead. Curious George wins. <laughs> Fair enough. I think the the Nazi monkey is the 
the worst realized character <laughs> in the film because at first you he's a monkey and he's a spy. Yeah. And then he, so you think this is a smart monkey. But then he but then kills he just, himself. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it is suicide. Yeah. That's what it is. Maybe he felt guilty. Maybe he kind of likes Marion. Oh. And he thinks she's dead too. He doesn't know. He doesn't know the baskets right. were switched. Right. So he's the just like. Thinks she's gone. <laughs> it's he, sad. He no. kills himself with the dates. So now this movie in my mind is a romantic comedy in which a monkey commits suicide <laughs> for the woman. You are working yeah. this movie over in my mind for me. Okay. Here's my last. Who would win in a fight? Uh, George Lucas or Steven Spielberg? They're Steven just Spielberg. they're stripped down. Steven Spielberg. Because and this isn't this isn't Star Wars anger. I don't even, I didn't even have to. I you're even, you're, no, you're no, analyzing no. this correctly, which is a um, physical combat. This is this is physical combat. <laughs> physical combat between Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. I mean, have you ever seen the two of them? Oh, yeah, Lucas I have. Is, Lucas is a bit chunkier. Mm-hmm. Lucas is a bit older than Spielberg. Spielberg's still pretty light, pretty spry. The dude, the dude is still making movies. He's he's in pretty good shape. So I mean, there's that 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 clearly. That clearly goes in his favor. There's also the fact that as they were doing it, Lucas would be trying to figure out how they could reshoot it later so it would look better. <laughs> and, 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 you know, so, you know, Lucas's inability to be focused in the moment, but rather be focused in the moment where he fixes the moment that he's in. Would would doom him. So you would think fight. he would be thinking about the post production of the fight. Yes. And Spielberg would just and Spielberg would just garrot him. He would just make it work in the moment. Yeah. Like Indiana Jones. Exactly. <laughs> garrot him. Yeah. That's it. Okay. So if you if you were to make a new <laughs> Indiana, this is a no who would fight. If you were to make a new Indiana Jones film, yeah. Is there any way that you could make a scene work in which there was a chase scene where Indiana Jones was riding a Segway? Could you make that work? Um, yes. <laughs> you could make it work, but I think the really important question is, why would you want to make that work? Because if you did it, I mean, we know that segways didn't get invented until the 90s. Right, so like maybe time really, travel? Really old. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's there, <laughs> the time travel thing would be kind of cool. Like if you could... Find the the ark in the in the great big government government uh, government area and like jump into the ark and perhaps that transports him forward <laughs> and then he's in the big government area and suddenly this dude from the 1940s appears the guards are chasing him they probably got segways because that's a big fucking warehouse right and then uh, Indiana Jones would take a segway and he would hotwire it. So it could go faster. faster. uh, So I think, you know, it could work. It could work. See, you've got that Indiana Jones spirit. Now I just want to ask you 8 million ridiculous (laughs) questions because you're just going to say, I'll find a way. As long as as Marion was there. As long as Marion is there. It's it's a comedy. It's a romantic comedy. Uh, Do you need to cough? Sure, why don't I? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. No problem. I like to torture my guests. That's nice. So... uh, Obviously, you're you are obsessed. Yes, uh, I think like there, there's kind of a scale of, of guests on the podcast who like they like something they think about it a lot. But you're this has played a major part in your life. Yeah. You saw it at an early age. It plays into what you 
the things that you are interested in. My my uh, my online name is Pet Snake Reggie, which is the name of the snake that's in the plane at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, you have affected my relationship with the film because I knew you online as Pet Snake Reggie. Yeah, and I didn't know what that meant. I was like, eh, I knew you really liked Indiana Jones, and then I hadn't watched it in years, and then I rewatched it with my with my wife Sarah. And there's the line about that's my pet snake Reggie, and I was like, "Hey!" hey. <laughs> and Sarah's like, "Why did you? Su- it's not a musical. Why did you suddenly go, hey?" Because <laughs> like, I understand Tim's. Uh, nah, that's yeah. Tim's online presence now. Uh, so anyway, but I'm going to ask you these questions regardless, even though okay. I know you're obsessed. Of the, this is uh, the sort of the gauge of how obsessed you are. Okay. So, do you think about Raiders of the Lost Ark every single day? Uh, probably. Uh, especially now, because my youngest son has gotten totally obsessed with the uh, Indiana Jones films. Okay. So he talks to me about it every day. <laughs> um, he literally, he got a Lego set that was a, a Lone Ranger Lego set. Not because he's seen the Lone Ranger film or wants to see it, but because he realized that one of the mini- minifigures in the set has the same head as Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I would... I, yeah, probably. So your son is so into Indiana Jones that he's collecting Lego heads. <laughs> Lego heads. Yeah. That's pretty Wow, that's pretty awesome. Cool. cool. And how old is he now? He's nine. Nine. Awesome. Yeah. Perfect age to get totally obsessed so, with a movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, would you or have you uh, ever purchased and worn uh, underwear based on Indiana Jones? I don't remember ever having a, a set. I was a little old when the movie came out. To purchase underwear, uh, Indiana Jones underwear. Um, I do have an Indiana Jones fedora and jacket uh, and a fake Indiana Jones whip that I won't let the kids play with uh, because it's mine. But I, they don't, I don't think they have any. I, you know, but I if might. the underwear existed, would you? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Except it would probably be boxers and I don't wear boxers. But anyway. I'm, so I'm, it, <laughs> what, um, boxer, I might, do you wear boxer briefs? No, I, I just wear I wear I tidy whities. Those are my tidy whities. Those are my things. So if there's a tidy whitey that just like on the back, head, on head the butt, just said, "I'm making this up as I go." Making this up as I go. Or buy. It's like nothing you've ever gone after before. <laughs> that would that would be right on the cock though. It's like nothing you've ever gone after before. I think that would be on the front. Yes. Yeah, yeah I think so. And then the back would be I'm making this up. <laughs> or I could say we're not that different, you and I, on both sides. If, Maybe. And that would that would be really yeah. interesting. There's, would, yeah, there's a lot. I'd want to take off my pants at parties. You could communicate a lot about your interests. Yeah. Uh, so, you, yeah, you'd, you'd be down for that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Or maybe awesome. just something on the front of the... That says bad dates. I don't know that. <laughs> no. <laughs> bad dates. And then on the ass, there's a picture of a dead monkey. <laughs> yeah. I'd wear those. Sure. That would be great. And especially if you showed that to people at parties and just like, do you know what this is about? Like, sure, God. No. <laughs> Even people who know Indiana Jones would be like, they, what? They would deny it. They would absolutely deny that they knew it. Why is there about. a dead monkey on your ass? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay. So would you get an Indiana Jones tattoo? Um, I want to say yes, but that would involve getting a tattoo. Yeah, so you're probably not a tattoo guy. I'm not a tattoo guy. So a temporary tattoo, yeah. <laughs> but if yeah. you had, if somebody came to you and said, you have to get a tattoo. I think, I think it would probably be something from, from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Might be the Ark of the Covenant. 
Oh. Because I think the Ark of the Covenant's kind of it kind of it's kind of cool looking. Yeah. But um, if it was like it has to be a person, then it would be Indiana Jones. Would it be in 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 full like whip and gun regale? Oh God, or? the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. not like just a, a not face. And Professor I would, Indiana Jones. And I would be. I would go to like every fucking tattoo artist I could find until <laughs> one of them could prove to me that they could make it look like Harrison Ford. Because I'm like, if it didn't look like Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, I yeah. wouldn't want that. You don't want a body. lame knockoff. Yeah. Cool. Uh, if Raiders of the Lost Ark was outlawed by the government, would you become a freedom fighter? Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because any government that would outlaw that film needs to be to be fought against. Because this this... This why would you outlaw this film? And let, let me explain why the government would never outlaw Raiders of the Lost Ark. Because please do. At the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, what happens? We have Indiana Jones sitting with these two government stooges saying, I want to be able to research the Ark, and they say no. And the next shot we get is the Ark of the Covenant being put into a nondescript crate and wheeled into a warehouse filled to the ceiling with nondescript nondescript crates. This is the first time in the history of film the United States government ever did the exactly right thing. <laughs> I mean, what what should you do with that ark? You should hide it from everybody right. forever. They they did exactly what they should have done with the Ark of the Covenant. So, from a government perspective, this is a propaganda film. <laughs> this they send a dude to get the Ark. They've got gets, deniability. They've got deniability because they're not there. Yeah. They're not there at all. They don't know who this dude is. Dude in the fedora, he's a crazy fucker. Yeah, they're not you really know? paying him, right? They're not. They say they're going to pay him handsomely, but we never really know what yeah, that Yeah, we don't really means. see that. And then he comes back with the Ark, which he got basically by accident. <laughs> and they, they go, good. Well, I'm glad you got the Ark from the hiding place where the Nazis were going to get it from. Now let's put it in a new, better hiding place. And I, remind me about the end of the film. Indiana Jones does make it clear to the government, like, hey, if you open this, your face melts. Well, there's a there's a line Brody has about the Ark being a source of unspeakable power. And we, though we don't see it, we assume, again, very masterful storytelling here, we assume that they have told the government everything that happened. Yeah. That he's like, no, no, the Ark opened up and uh, my eyes were closed. I didn't see it. <laughs> but when I opened it again... <laughs> Everybody was gone. Yeah. And I assume they weren't just gone because they ran away. Because really, we checked yeah. out the rest of the island and everybody was gone. <laughs> it was like an H.P. Lovecraft story. Yeah, and they're telling island. this story as they are climbing out of the Nazi U-boat that they had to pilot back to the United States. <laughs> right. So not only have they gotten the Ark of the Covenant, but they've gotten the United States a Nazi U-boat. Yeah, this is a great yeah, probably awesome. It's a, the, the government would never outlaw this. Outlaw this film. They look awesome. <laughs> cool. So uh, this is a question that that I ask often. Would you stop having sex to watch Raiders of the Lost Ark? No, but I would have sex while it was playing. <laughs> you thought about this. definitely. <laughs> I w- I think I wouldn't stop the film to have sex. Okay. If the film was playing. You'd be like, okay, yeah, honey, I'm into this, but let's keep watching. Yeah, and for, for people who don't, you're a married man, right? I am. Uh-huh. So, we have, I haven't had this conversation with my wife yet. <laughs> so if the film was playing and sex came up, is a possibility you would say as long as the film can continue in the background? Yes. 
Yeah, I feel that that's my answer. For better or for worse. <laughs> for richer or poorer. Yeah. Excellent. I think that's a very good, very honest answer. You're going to give me anywhere near as much grief as most people do <laughs> about analyzing the situation. Like, yeah, sure, I can make that work. Uh, in, I, I ask this question a lot, but it's very different with Indiana Jones. Would you watch the movie with Hitler? Is it Hitler now? Or <laughs> I knew you'd get hung up on the metaphysics of this one. Or live Nazi Hitler. Uh, however you want to analyze it. You could go back in time to him and you could bring him Raiders of the Lost Ark. I would go back in time and I would bring him Raiders of the Lost Ark. And what I would do, I wouldn't show him the whole film. I'd forget the last reel. Oh, so you'd set him up for a I'd, fall. I'd set him up and I'd be like, look at this dude, Belloc. He's going to take the Ark and he's going to open it before you get a chance to see it. So where would you end the film? I would, I would end the film uh, as, as uh, you've got Belloc saying to uh, Dietrich, the box German, in uh-huh. case you folks out there didn't know his name. <laughs> uh, as he's saying to Dietrich, you know, would you rather have this open in Berlin or have us, you know, open it here. And I think that if if Hitler saw that, he would be like, Nein! <laughs> they will open it in Berlin! And then and then he just he'd get on the phone and he'd call down to the Tannis dig and he'd like, You bring that goddamn ark to Germany. Don't you let that they could probably have him. I mean, you, so, I think they they'd cut Bellock's throat in in, in Tannis. I love this interpretation and leave him because in the well of the soul. somehow the film has become real in this version of reality where you can time travel back and well, the Ark of Covenant time, is real. If I can time travel, then Raiders of the Lost Ark is real. I feel that that's a fair I think that's fair. Concession. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I think you've wrestled control of this question away from me. <laughs> no one else has in the history of the podcast. I win. They've always asked like clarifying questions. But <laughs> you've like, nope, I'm going to make this bitch mine. <laughs> okay, so how. Would your life be different if you never watched the movie? If you never saw it at all? Uh, boy, a lot of Dungeons and Dragons games would have been really different. <laughs> I think uh, that I might not have gotten as obsessed with movies later in life. Mm-hmm. And you know, because there is, to me, Raiders of the Last Ark is a perfect film. Uh, I don't feel there's really a. You know, like I say, the shot compositions, the way the way it deals with exposition, the way it has really remarkably deep and complex and interesting characters in what is an adventure film. And it has these amazing, amazing action sequences. The truck yeah. chase sequence is, I mean, it's... I would put that up against action sequences film. I mean... Let's let's take a, a modern example, the Matrix sequel, where they do that great big freeway battle, yeah. which is, you know, amazing in its own right. But if you take that freeway battle and you show somebody in, in any order, it's like show them the freeway battle, throw them, show them the truck chase from Raiders of the Lost Ark and say which one's better. I think almost anybody can see that the truck chase in Raiders of the Lost Ark is better. So watching that film and kind of going this is not just a great ride. It is a great film. And looking for other movies that affect you that way. Other movies that you go, wow, they just totally, totally fucking nailed exactly what they wanted to do in every possible way. Mm-hmm. You know, so you go and watch Lawrence of Arabia. And Lawrence of Arabia, to me, is, you know, the same kind of experience as Raiders of the Lost Ark. You watch that movie and you're like, they set out to make 
Lawrence of Arabia, and by God, that's what they made. <laughs> that's exactly what they made. Um, and and so that 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 definitely. I mean, if I if I hadn't seen that film when I saw it, I might not be as much of a film fan now. Cool. Uh, and I, this is a thing I've been asking of of people on the podcast. Can you make some sort of noise because it's an audio medium that represents your love of Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yes. Uh, here we go. I'm doing that because the whip that I have, the Indiana Jones whip, uh-huh. it makes that noise. And then it starts playing the theme. You like, have an electronic like whip? Do. Yes. Yes. It's an electronic whip. And you press the button. So as you whip it, it goes. And then as soon as it does that, it starts going. Because that's what whips do. That is they, awesome. I mean, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> you, well, you're a singer, so like, how how far can you get in the theme? Very far. You want me to do it? Should we test it? Is that enough? That was great. That was great. And then it, well, it pretty much just repeats from there, right? It does pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So that was so, one full. Not yeah. a measure, but one full phrase. Yes. Right. Interesting, interesting <clears throat> thing about the uh, music in Indiana Jones, the uh, arc theme, the da, 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 da. That does not resolve until the last shot in the film. Wow. You never actually get that theme resolving until the arc is wheeled into the back of that, that big warehouse, which is sort of like saying, this is where the arc belongs. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a this subtle musical yeah. manipulation. And you have to think about how effectively they hid that arc because seriously, a bunch of people go into that warehouse later, <laughs> and all they find is a crystal skull. Yeah, nobody's really even looking. Sad. Nobody even goes, "Hey, you know, I bet the arcs in here somewhere." I mean, re- yeah, it really should get out in the world. If yeah, that's a good point about the sequels, everybody figures out like, here's an obscure place where I think blah 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 is hiding. Really, somebody should figure somebody out. Go. I bet Indiana Jones has brought the American government every weird thing in the world, and it's all in this one weird warehouse. Yes. There's no digging. We just need to get the Excel spreadsheet exactly. so we can figure out where it is. Yeah, but no, they hit it so well that all everybody's looking for is this crystal excellent. skull. Excellent, excellent. Uh, do you have any final thoughts on Indiana Jones before we move on to our final oh uh, questions gosh, of the do podcast? I have any final thoughts on <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Well, let me Ark. put it this way. Is there anything that you, you want ever sealed thing, in this podcast? Coolest thing that ever happened in my life, and this is, this is why I'm obsessed with this movie, and this is why it's sad, is last year they released the Indiana Jones Blu-ray set mm-hmm. on September 18th, which is my birthday. And I thought that was the greatest thing ever. Even though I had to get the other three Indiana Jones films, which <laughs> I like to varying extents. Right. Uh, but And even though it's retitled Indiana Jones and the Razors of the Lost Ark, which I think is an affront to everything. Here's here's my final (laughs) thought. I knew I'd get to it eventually. Here's my final thought. Renaming the film Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark makes no sense because Indiana Jones is a Raider of the Lost Ark. So it's like retitling the film A Raider of the Lost Ark and the other Raiders (laughs) of the Lost Ark. So that's why the name of this film is Raiders of the Lost Ark. There That's you know. awesome. And that helps me with with appreciating the plot problem of the film 
But the the title itself is like a clue that this isn't about the arc. It's, it's about, about the people that are. It, it is a triumph of character over plot. It is. It's the the arc is the MacGuffin. The arc is the the Hitchcockian thing that everybody wants that makes the story happen. It's the Raiders of the whatever. <laughs> it's the Raiders of the. Big goldy thing surrounded by snakes. <laughs> nice. Okay. So uh, here uh, are my final pompous questions that everyone gets asked on the podcast. Okay. Uh, if you could ride any animal as a form of transportation, what animal would you ride? <laughs> a Nazi monkey. <laughs> a Nazi monkey. <laughs> there are some metaphysical questions we could address about. Uh, maybe but maybe like. a Nazi ape. <laughs> Nazi ape. You know, let's say a gorilla Nazi. Nazi gorilla. Nazi gorilla. I like the specificity. Uh, if someone wrote a musical based on your life, what would it be called? I'm making this up as I go. <laughs> and uh, what would be the hit love song from the musical based on your life? The hit love song from the musical based on my life would be uh, Marry Somebody You Like a Lot. <laughs> It's good advice. It, it just is. it doesn't really have that. Sort I don't of, know. It's, it's, it's not. <laughs> it doesn't you know, have a sort of ring well, of look, the, romance. The, thing is the name of the song is not as important no. as the the music and the lyrics. So yeah. the, the 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 name is not not the big thing. I I just really I really like imagining the rest of the lyrics too. Marry somebody <laughs> like. Come on, what the fuck? What's yeah. your problem? Don't be a douchebag. Like that you're to me is like the whole song. With whom you're having great sex, but you don't like them that much. That's a bad idea. <laughs> I want yeah. you to write this musical. Okay. <laughs> and the final question for everyone on the podcast is, what is happiness? Well, being a parent right now, uh, for me, happiness is sleeping past 9 a.m. on any day. <laughs> any day. That is an excellent answer. Thank you very much, Tim Wick. That is our podcast. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Okay. <coughs> I'm going to cough occasionally, so you'll be able to edit that out. Yeah, that sounds good.